Salad Friday and I walk these streets a loaded six string on my back. I play for keeps because I might not make it back. It sounds like you, metaphorically, doesn't it, Edamon? You know, oh, you're yeah. walking these streets of life. You've got uh, a backpack which is very heavy. Yeah. You keep on going. Yeah, I keep on going. I'm an unhinged cowboy. <laughs> yeah, good song. Oh, You're playing a bit of air guitar well, there, uh, Sally Winley. I don't like to discriminate against any of your days, yeah. but Friday, Ballad Friday is my fave because oh, you always you. have the best songs as opposed to some other days of the week. They're rather insipid. <laughs> thank you, Sally, for it's being... A, it's a controversial uh, segment, right? Thank you for being r- rather honest. <laughs> I mean, I like honesty, but not too much, but thank you for that. Uh, 25 to 5, the panel RNZ National <laughs> Power Ballad Friday. Um, lovely to have your company. Thank you very much for... Uh, being with us this afternoon. Now, the panel, RNZ National. Do you recall this show? What's going on? I'm just waiting for a mate. Is that why your car's all smashed up and you're up on the grass at the moment or what? Yeah. I'm just waiting for a mate. He's gone in in there. Why? I'm just wondering how how, how, how the collision with your car happened, mate. What collision? Well, the one that's got your, all your wheels and stuff twisted up and your, bo- your, your front bumper bars hanging off, mate. Well, I'm just waiting for a mate, as I said. Who's your mate? Hey? Who's your mate? James. Yes, when TVNZ cancelled reality TV show Police 107 earlier this year, there was an outcry in some quarters. Former host Graham Bell described suspect variously as creeps, Halfwits, lowlifes, mongrels, lunatics. He claimed wokeness killed Police 107. On the other hand, the likes of then City Councillor F.S.O. Collins said it fed racial stereotypes. Police 107 changed in response uh, to the feedback. It became 107 Aotearoa. Wasn't enough. It was pulled. New research suggests racial stereotyping was the real culprit. With us is the co-author of the piece, uh, Juan Tauri, criminologist from Aotearoa and adjunct associate professor of Indigenous Studies at Macquarie uh, University. Juan, kia ora. Good to have you here. Oh, kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me. In fact, the controversy with uh, uh, Fessel's comment, there, I mean, he was threatened with a bomb, wasn't he, after that? Is that what you inspired you to go back and analyse the show? Well, but it was actually the inspiration uh, came from um, a student uh, called Wairua Busby Bukiti, who was supervised by uh, the other author, the um, con- the piece of the conversation called, uh, sorry, Social Professor Anja Decker at AUT. Oh, yes. And he, he uh, being a criminology student, uh, was really interested in, and so I think there's three motivations. Uh, he had a particular interest in the history of the Māori relationship with police. Uh, secondly, the portrayal of Māori in Pacifica by both police and mainstream media over you know the last half century or so. And then, of course, at the time he was actually formulating his research question came Professor Collins' criticism of the show that it, quote, portrays brown men as brutish criminals and feeds on racist stereotypes. So he modified his research to focus on actually testing that particular claim from Professor so your research focused on the calendar year previous to Officer Collins' criticism yep. of, the, of the show and critically analysed 12 episodes that aired between mm. September and December 2020. It's a very interesting piece actually on RNZ side right now. Um, in brief, what did you find, Juan? 
Uh, in brief, yeah, well, we've found a hell of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and the 800-word piece in conversation really just scratches the surface. Right. Uh, it's actually um, far more detailed analysis of the study is about to be released in a journal called, uh, sorry, the Journal of uh, Global Indigeneity. It's about 8,000 words long. But so this is just a snapshot. But what we found in general is that there was some, I think, uh, veracity to Professor Collins' claims. What we found was uh, by looking at, uh, analysing those shows and looking at, for example, uh, the representation or the ethnicity of the offenders, how much time was spent focused on particular individuals and the types of crimes or offences they were alleged to have committed. Uh, Māori in particular Pacifica was significantly overrepresented or displayed for a better, <coughs> use of a better term, in terms of committing violent offences, then in actual fact, Māori Pacifica actually did in the offending-related data. Oh. On the other hand, party or European offenders are significantly underrepresented in terms of against their actual um, percentages of crime that they committed, violent crime they committed under the Offence Act. So that's kind of one of the main one of the main findings. Right. Let's have, let's bring on the panel one, Sally Winley. And what what is your reaction to your findings? How do you feel about them? Uh, how do I feel about them? Well, I've been in the game doing this uh, kind of critical work on criminal justice for about a quarter of a century, so I wasn't overly uh, surprised. I guess, like a lot of a lot of New Zealanders, I've, I've watched the show from from its outset, right. and um, not so much in the last few years because I did actually get a bit, a bit sick and tired of the of what I saw as a, you know the portrayal, particularly of, of offenders, the way in which they were described, particularly during Graham Bell's days. I wasn't surprised. I was surprised at the extent of the bias, if you like, of the overrepresentation of Mining Pacifica. Uh, I think, in, in over that particular period, we looked at for most of the violence offenders, almost all of them represented brown people, basically, or offenders. Yeah. Uh, and none were Pakeha. And that's, you know, that's an extreme finding. It is. Um... Yeah, so that's concerning in, certain, in many ways, in terms of, you know, I think it leans way to Official Collins. One of the criticisms he made was that it led weight to racial stereotypes. It it does. It it completely does. Even if even um, me as an immigrant, I came here in 2010, and these shows were available to uh, to watch. And that actually is does perpetrate stereotypes and it is quite cancerous because a new person coming in and when when they see this and we see these portrayals uh, on tv so it, it's um it was uh, a great I, I was particularly amazed that it was so late in the game that Ephesus' uh, comments came because it should have been uh, the people might have been criticizing it before as well but uh, i'm a new immigrant so what do you so what do you make of the fact that of course, particular representations are stereotypical, but the findings kind of suggest that it is like a systemic racism within the plotting of the program as well, where um, it, it is not represented uh, uh, properly on TV. Are you asking me if, if, if the people that produced the show somehow were intentionally... Um um, are racist. Overrepresenting Māori. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> our, our research doesn't uh, enable me to make that determination. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had a feeling I was going to be asked that question, what their motivation... Um, my, I suspect 
that if you spoke to TVNZ, uh, who had produced the show, and the police, of course, who were involved, we would probably have the word un, uh, un, unintended bias or etc. What have you thrown at us? Um, so I, I I can't answer that particular question without without speculating, but. I suspect that from a media perspective, there will be also explanations given like, well, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. So violence no. needs to be something that in these types of shows, particularly, for example, uh, really the the, um, the show that, that this one's almost all of these kind of police reality shows are based on, which was Cops in the United States. Uh, you know, the you go for the quirky or the exciting or the extreme, and those are kind of the three yep. kinds of offences that you want to. So and that was, so, yeah, yeah, I understand that was uh, that was also uh, shut down too recently. But here's the thing, one: um, this wasn't just entertainment; it was also solving crime, was it not? It led over to led over to nine hundred arrests, including mm. solving serious assaults and homicides. Um, it had a job to do. It was entertainment. It had a job to do, and some would say it did it. And that, well, in that respect, well, you, you can't answer. You can't, uh, you know, argue with nine hundred results. No, uh, but that I don't know how quite how what question you're asking me. But at the end of the day, our concern is the representation of particular offenders. Um, the and you know and it was a really interesting show in many ways uh, because I remember watching a couple of initial uh, the shows when it first started to to see a couple of family members here who, who were wanted by the police but uh, yeah I know I'm not quite sure how to answer your question um, because so, we're focused on what is clear bias in the representation of particular of, of offenders and I don't think that's offset by the fact that it was successful. And are they giving the police intelligence to solve particular crimes? Right. Final thought. Now there won't be any regularly scheduled program Mm. um, about the the police work or or crimes they're wanting the public to help them solve. Mm. Do you feel that in the future this could be reignited in some capacity? Uh, Yeah, there's a possibility. I mean, they're very you know. There's a number of these shows. These shows are. You know, you go on TV all the time. There's uh, particularly, and they're very popular in Australia. Yeah, but but in New Zealand, yeah, yeah, but in New Zealand, yes, I would not be surprised if uh, the wind changes, so to speak. Uh, I think that there's some uh, truth, if you like, slightly to Graham Bell's um, focus in that field. I don't think Graham would actually give us a, a very detailed definition of what woke is. However. What I would say is, is I think that, and I'm, I don't know the reasons why it was canned. You'd have to ask the people yeah. that did that. But what the, what we do know, I think, is obvious, such as uh, the cops show in the United States, is that the the winds have changed, if you like. Uh, there is a lot more um, a critical scholarship and scrutiny by Indigenous, by African American scholars, and what have you, and activists on these types of shows and how they represent our populations. And so in that environment, not surprised that they decided to pull the plug, but I wouldn't be surprised under a different political sort of um, framework, etc., uh, etc., et a change in leadership at the police, for example, yeah. uh, that there was something like this was actually resurrected. Pleasure to have you on, Juan. Kia ora.
thanks for your time Thank today you on the much. panel. Yeah, that's Juan Tauri, uh, criminal, criminologist from New Zealand and adjunct associate professor at Indigenous Studies. You want to say something, Sally? Yeah, I just wanted to say that this program has had its ups and downs for a long time, and, and it was before you came to the country that it was in 2007, the then TVNZ CEO, he had to apologise because he'd cited Police 107 alongside the likes of Shortland Street as an example of shows that have a Māori presence. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just unbelievable? It's insane. It's 14 to 5. The panel, RNZ National, Sally Wendley and Ed Amon with me this afternoon. Parking on the footpath. Newsflash, it's not allowed, but many people get away with it, especially in Hamilton, the city with the lowest rates of enforcement of that rule. That's where our next guest is from, 16-year-old Liam Carter, founder of Ride Your Trike NZ. He started a petition to get cars off the footpaths. With us is Liam now. Lovely to have you on the panel, Liam. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Why did you start this petition? Um, I have lots of friends um, in wheelchairs and with disabilities that can't access the things they need without taking other routes um, because, because they have to risk their life and no one must die on the road by getting hit by a car um, by entering that danger zone to go around the vehicle. Yeah. So I decided I really want to clear our footpaths, so why not make a petition? Because it's not known enough. Good, good on you, Liam. Sally's here. What sort of responses have you been getting from people about it? Uh, lots. I've been in, I, I was on Pico and the one news on Monday night and I've um, got responses by council and by my petition on change.org which has nearly got 5,000 signatures in about three months. It's amazing, isn't it there, uh, Liam? And every single person listening to this will know what you're talking about. You're talking about the cars that um, block the footpaths, Ed Amon, so you can't get round them being um, having a disability or not. Um, what do you make of this, Ed? I, it's... it's it's horrendous. It's it's great, uh, Liam, that you uh, you are, you have taken up the uh, t- take, taken up this project because I always see these people and I was like, well, what do you think you are, King Charles? Even King Charles is not allowed to park on a footpath, and it's it's in, it it is uh, insane. But my. I I have a question. So what what's your target, and where can we? Where can people go and sign up? Is it a change.org petition or is it, uh, um, where is it existing so that I can get more people to sign it? It because would like I really to sign that. it, Liam. Yeah. Um, so it's change.org. Okay. That's it. Sally? Right. Yeah, Liam, I use a wheelchair and I am on a, I live on a street which is very narrow. So people park up on the pavement a lot. And, what the issue for me is now is that I 
with electric cars, they're so quiet. So obviously, as you know, a bit lower to the ground. And I used to just listen because if I poke my chair out onto the road, if the car's coming fast, you know, I can hear them. So now it's even more precarious because I'll try and listen and I've nearly got done by a car because it's an electric car. So it's sort of double trouble. It's one thing, um, yes, not being able to use the pavement and then two, trying to just look around a car to see who was coming up the road, and now um, with these lovely, fantastic, quiet electric cars, that is even more of an issue. And it wouldn't surprise me if sometime in the future somebody who needs to use a wheelchair or even somebody who has a pram could um, come off second best. What What do you think about that, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. It's an issue we're facing. Um and there's not really an answer for it, as we electric is the way to go, but then we've got issues like people getting hit by them. Mm. Um, hopefully in the future we won't have to deal with it because there won't be any cars on the footpath. Um, but in the meantime, just really, um, because I've got a lot of complaints by... Uh, by deaf people who can't and blind people who can't see um, and it is an issue um, and there's not really an explanation no. or an answer Hey Liam, good on you hope you do well for the petition it sounds like you've got the ears of uh, council and stuff like that so um, uh, I would like to follow up with you sometime Liam see how it all goes for you yeah, thank you. Good on you. Liam Carter, the founder of Ride Your Trike NZ, who started a petition to get cars off for pass. Uh, do you, I mean, is it an issue for you? So are you to, do you relate to this on the level of, oh, God, because some of the streets in Auckland are narrow. Yes. So oh, where else do you park? Yeah, totally. And um, I've just actually got used to it, which is actually not the right thing, yeah. and I'm really impressed with what Liam's doing. Because there is, yeah, and so people, they're meant to obviously park on the road, and then on my narrow street, if they park on the road, the number of cars that have their wing mirrors that are just sort of flopping around like, um, like birds, broken Mm. birds' wings, because they get crashed into the whole time. Is that right? Yeah, so that's why people park on the pavement on my street. But I I think that that's no excuse to park on the pavement is for people, for people. For people who have no cars, so and wait till if, you get a pram, yeah, it, you'll suddenly realise how if, much if, it happens. If your house, if your yeah. house doesn't yeah. have a garage or, or or a driveway, you don't just go and park in another other house, your neighbour's house, because oh, I I don't have any other place. <laughs> uh, I live in downtown, says Jeff. Selfish drivers constantly park on footpaths or even pedestrian lanes like Vulcan Lane. The problem is the highest is four, fine is forty bucks, even if they do get a ticket. Oh, we didn't mention there actually that in Australia the fees in some states is three hundred dollars. Oh, wow. Maybe that might uh, mm. make people think. Hey? Seven away from five. Uh, it is absolutely a delight to have you listening in this afternoon. I hope you all have a safe um, uh, a King's birthday weekend. Is that the way we say it? It's not Queen's. It's King's birthday, right? King's birthday. Yeah, good on you. Um, but finally, what is it for you? Is it Catan? 
Monopoly, Scrabble or Bananagrams, as my colleagues were educating me about earlier. Aotearoa's biggest board game convention is this weekend. You guessed it, it's Wellington. In fact, it's the first event to grace Wellington's flash new convention centre. Wellicom, expecting 1,400 gamers to take place. Exactly. And quickly around the panel, game of choice. Let's go around quickly. Sally. Pictionary and Monopoly and Trivial Pursuits and Scrabble. All right, me, uh, me, <laughs> me, Battleships, the old version with the one with the paper because we couldn't afford the flash one. Ed? Uh, uh, it's the uh, Trivial Pursuit. And Ludo, which is a which is a Pakistani game, I don't know if people know about it. I know um, Ludo, don't you worry. With <laughs> us is Wellington co-founder uh, Con, rather uh, CD Dor Kia ora, CD. Kia ora, how are you doing? Good. He, uh, w- w- a panel of gamers here, um, but can I ask you, are board games really still in? Will you get anybody to go along? Uh, <laughs> um, I think we might manage a couple of tables. Um, yeah, we, we, we've grown uh, so much over the last few years that we keep having to find new venues. So really? uh, I'm very glad that uh, Wellington City Council has managed to, um, and the local iwi have managed to put together a nice new building for us. It's it, it is amazing because it's it's picking up, and a lot of restaurants, etc., are also just uh, providing board games for people to play while they are there, rather than uh, being on the on their phone. I just have like a, a a question, which is quite selfish. Is it is Ludo popular in New Zealand? <laughs> you and your Ludo. Well, um, funnily, you mention that I actually grew up with Ludo. We had Ludo set at home, so yes. um, it's, it's it's definitely known. Um, it's what we would call a classic board game. So it's one of uh, the ones that's been classic. around for absolutely ever, and, and people grow up with it. Very um, nice. we're, what we're moving into these days is what's called modern board games, and it's kind of a, a new genre. Uh, Catan that you mentioned before, the Settlers of Catan, uh, kicked that off and broke the mold when it came to traditional board games. That really? Board, yeah. Because you shuffle the tiles and it makes a different board every time. Oh wow, Sally! Oh, what about a um, mahjong and and bridge? Are those ones yeah. having a renaissance as well? Um, it's it, yeah. I think that bridge really suffered during COVID. Um, it was it was it's always been very strong, and uh, increasingly with the baby boomers retiring, of course, um, there's more and more people who are going into those um, games that they remember from childhood. Um, but uh, during COVID, of course, it, bridge is such a uh, together kind of thing, and it's particularly when you're doing it in large numbers, you need you need people in person moving around and playing each other. What's your favourite game? Oh, I've got a couple. So um, I've got Galaxy Trucker, which is a, a game where you're making a spaceship out of different parts, and you have to fit the parts together properly. All right. Um, and then the other one is Castles of Burgundy, which is what we call a traditional Euro game, which means that there's less luck and more. Uh, it's more about the decisions that you make during the play. That wow. Not heard of those which, two. Which game causes the most controversy and arguments? At the convention, yeah. Monopoly, wouldn't it? It's still Monopoly, right, <laughs> CD? always that option, yes. Um, yes, Monopoly is, is uh, usually a bad experience for people when they're growing up because people play um, <laughs> their own version. And <laughs> I can relate to that. The fights of a lot. Why is that? That's uh, money involved. Yeah, That's a fake well, money. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it's really interesting. The origin of Monopoly is that they, the lady actually developed it to prove how um, greedy landlords are. <laughs> Ludo is good, but Uckers is Ludo on steroids for adults. Ask any Kiwi Matalot. HMNZ ships and establishments even have championships. Extraordinary. I'm just, I'm, I'm just blown away, CD, by the extraordinary growth in board gaming. I had no idea. Yeah. I was living under a rock. I thought, well, who does this anymore? You know, <laughs> battleships. Uh, but it seems to be it's a movement, CD. Yes, uh, 100%. Um, we've, we've grown basically every year for the last 10 Good years. Lord. And there's a cricket board game as well now. Oh, yay. yay. How's that? And rugby one. Yeah. <laughs> and rugby one. So what makes you do it? Um, it's For me, it used to be about the, the, the winning, right? It used to be. But what I've learned is uh, in the last um, you know, while that I've been doing this, I'm actually doing it much more now for the social connection, that you're actually sitting with people, with friends, and you're learning something new, um, and you're doing it together. And, and interacting. Wonderful, CD. Have a great time this weekend at uh, the Board Game Convention. And one final um, piece of advice for Ed Irvine. He's having a baby. Here's one from a listener Don't muck it up. <laughs> <laughs> great oh, stuff, panel. Lovely talk next week. Ex brainwashed her son, who she believes is still alive and hiding overseas. A crackdown on swarming dirt bike riders pulling donuts and wheel stands.